Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and a couple quick announcements before we dive into the show. I, um, a friend of mine who is American living in Germany is working remotely for a company that's looking for additional freelancers. So if you are a freelancer or want to pick up some additional work, you have to be a U.S. citizen, um, but it pays pretty decently. I think it's $15 an hour. And from what I understand of the position, it it's basically to be the eyes and ears of a person who is deaf and or blind. And so I'm not exactly sure what what goes into that kind of work, but the company generally is working to provide a service for the blind and deaf community. And um, it's it's something to do with that. (laughs) As you can probably tell by my lack of specific information, I am in no way related to this company. Just my friend sent me the job listing, mentioned that they're they're hiring and and maybe some people that listen to the show would be interested in something like that. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, if you're someone like that, if you're interested in that kind of work, shoot me an email at theexpatcast at gmail.com and I'll forward you the message from my friend. Also wanted to shout out to um, all of you lovely Instagram expats. <laughs> I, I shared on Instagram this week that I just all of a sudden this weekend got hit with a really bad bout of homesickness and it's still lingering and I just can't shake it off. And it was really nice to have people give me some of their tips or just to commiserate and say like, hey, you know, it happens to me too, that kind of thing. So thanks. And as I mentioned on there, if if that's something that's affecting you, especially right now, I like, I like to talk about these things, um, really catch them in the moment you know, when I can. So if it's, if you're also getting hit with a bout of homesickness right now, let's talk, let's make an episode. I think that would be really fun. For me, it doesn't happen too often. So it's kind of a weird experience and I'm not super skilled in, in what works for me to get out of it. So I really would like to talk to someone so we can swap our ideas and, and then put it out there so that it can help other people. So if that sounds like something you'd be down for, let me know. Um, also email me at theexpatcast at gmail.com. Cool. Actually, my guest for this week's episode is one of those wonderful Instagram expats. Uh, You may know her from her Instagram at six miles away. She has so many good perspectives on life, expat life, all of it. She also runs a website where she features other expat experiences. Sixtina is one of those people who's really helping the German stereotype of being the people who travel the most in the world. (laughs) She is all over the place all the time and actually just left for a world trip, which you're going to get to hear about in this episode, how she came to that decision, what's led up to it, and what that looks like for her. Warning, the episode might be dangerous if you're particularly susceptible to getting the travel bug from hearing of other people's cool experiences. (laughs) I hope you enjoy. My name is Sixtina and I'm from Germany. And currently I live in Ireland, but I'm actually about to leave because I have lived here four years and somehow four years seems to be my lucky number. (laughs) So I'm actually living in two days, but I want to tell you all about my expert life in Ireland. Very cool. And where in Germany are you from? I'm from a small city called Erfurt. It's in the middle of Germany. They say in the green heart of Germany. And it's also a capital, but it's so small that even Germans don't know it. So, (laughs) Okay, let's go back to the beginning. So what was your first experience abroad? Uh, Actually, when I was 17, in Germany, a lot of people, they want to learn English and they take an exchange year. So I also took one and I went to um, America to live with a host family to learn English for one year. And I stayed in uh, Kentucky. 
And that was my first experience living abroad for a long time without my real family. But I had a really nice host family. So the time was really, really great. And I'm still in contact with them, actually. And I'm visiting them quite regularly. Kentucky is beautiful. And I imagine it might have a similar feel to where you're from, because it's also very green and lots of forest, right? Yeah, yeah. very in a lot of nature. And my family was all related to nature. So whenever we could, we escaped from the city because I was in Louisville, which was a big city for me. Um, and then after that, what was your next abroad adventure? Um, then the next long term adventure was in the Netherlands for four years. Like I say, four years is my lucky number <laughs> because I decided to study there. And I studied international business and management in a small city, again, really close to the German border. And in this four years, I had one year where I could choose to go abroad. So actually, already the Netherlands, I was living abroad there for my studies. But also during my studies, I went six months to Mexico to study abroad and six months to Spain to do an internship abroad because I really wanted to learn Spanish. And I noticed I can learn the language the best in the country. Like I learned English in America. I learned Spanish in Mexico and Spain. So that was the main intention. And then did you ever move back to Germany after that or did you go straight to Ireland? Straight to Ireland, actually, after I finished my studies, I spent one more year in the Netherlands to work there because the company I wrote my thesis in, or at, they gave me a job right away. So I say, I said, okay, why not? It's nice to have a job right after you graduate, even in the same company you already feel comfortable in. So I stayed there and then I actually wanted to quit to go traveling because I said, after my studies, I go traveling. Then I got the job right away. Okay, after this job, I go traveling. And this is how I kept postponing. And then I I got a job here in Ireland. But when I applied, I thought, ah, they are not going to hire me. I just try for fun. And then they hired me and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) And then then again, I told myself, okay, I will go one year. It's another experience. Great, because this was a bigger company here. And the Netherlands was a smaller company. So I could have both experience. Anyway, I got stuck here for four years. (laughs) So, but it was a good time. And, but you're breaking free, right? You did say that you're, you only have, what, two days left? Yes, two days left. I'm very excited because, like, you know, I kept postponing, postponing that there was another job and a new job and another job. And I'm like, no, I still have to do that trip. I'm telling myself that I, you know, I wanted to do it since such a long time. So it had to happen. Otherwise, I would regret it. What field is your, is your work in? Because it sounds like it's been very international and sort of flexible in some ways. Here in Ireland, I worked at Apple because in Ireland, you know, there are all these big companies and they always need foreigners, especially when it comes to customer service jobs or sales jobs. So I I started in the technical support, super boring call center, but for German customers. So then actually I wanted to quit after one year because they tell you to stay one year in the position. Then I got another job for developer support, you know, the people who put all the apps on the app store. Okay, one year again. <laughs> now this time I'm quitting. Then I got a new job in the that is actually also my last job now in the sales department. And this I really enjoyed. So I stayed around one and a half years and I would actually like to stay because it's a really nice job. I'm really happy. I like my team, my manager, good atmosphere. But I need to follow my dream that I have since four or five years and that's why I'm leaving. But they say I can come back. We left in good terms, so yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> Are there other international folks or other Germans working there? Yeah, a lot. Actually, the other two positions I had before, I was only in German teams or German speakers. I mean, they're also from all over the world. And now my last team, we were a mixed team of French, German, Spanish, Italian. 
but we all have our markets. And yeah, that actually was nicer. I prefer to have an international team. It's more fun than just be around Germans, which I can do in my home country. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's maybe why I also preferred my last job because it was so international. Even my manager was Spanish, not German. So that made it different as well. So do you feel like in your four years in Ireland, do you feel like you've been very integrated into Irish life or do you feel like you were more in like an expat bubble? No, no, I was integrated since day one because <laughs> I remember uh, I was house hunting, looking for houses and with my phone, trying to find the directions and the map. I was turning like this to see in which direction to go. And I guess I looked very lost. And one guy, older guy came to me and said, are you lost? Can I help you? And for me, this was like, huh? how he knows? I didn't even ask him. Why would he? It's so polite, you know? And then I said, yeah, I need to go to this street, la, 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 and so on. So he helped me. And in Germany, yes, people would help you, but I would need to approach them. And in Ireland, I know I was just standing there, and he came to me, even if he didn't know if I was really lost, you know. The same in the bus, you are always saying, thank you. And even if you sit there and the people talk to you in the bus, they are not shy, you know, to sit next to you or even start a conversation with a stranger. And they are super interested always in your story. So that's really nice. I think I felt really welcome here from all the countries I lived in so far. As a German, do you like that friendliness and that that really outgoing warmth? Uh, yes, I do. But I think also because before I had other experiences abroad already. So I'm not, that was not my first abroad experience or like a culture shock, how they call it. So I know because I'm also a really communicative and open person. And I don't like this stranger feeling or this coldness. I don't like it. So for me, this was a nice change. And every time people ask me now, what will you um, miss the most from Ireland? Be besides the pubs, of course. <laughs> I I said all oh, the friendly people because I really missed it. I mean, some people maybe say, oh, that's so superficial. They don't mean it. But I know I always had the feeling they were genuine interested in what I had to say. And I don't think it was too superficial, of course. The same in America when you guys always ask, how are you? And then you continue walking. I'm like, huh? so does he want to know how I am now? Or was just to start a conversation? They do it here in Ireland too. And then at some point, I just didn't answer anymore. I said, mm -hmm, yes, because they didn't care. They already continued walking. So before I was always, ah, I'm good. And you? Because I thought they're interested. <laughs> yeah, it's always, yeah, good things. You, yeah, good things. And then you can start talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like introductions. I was not really bothered by it, but I thought it was funny because I had this experience already in America and now it was here again. But then again, I think Irish and USA or Irish people and Americans, they have a big connection in that term because I heard a lot of Irish who moved to the USA and there are also a lot of Americans actually in Ireland. So it makes just sense. And I mean, after all, English is the main language, even though with different accents, because when I first moved here, I couldn't understand the Irish people. Oh, my God. Oh, no, really? Yeah, the taxi drivers, and they, they're also so polite, and they want to make conversation. And I was in the taxi. Sorry, could you repeat? Can you speak super slow again? Oh, no, was, I was embarrassed because I speak English. But no, the accent at the beginning was really tough. How long do you think it took you to really adjust and be able to understand them? Not too long, because in the corporate environment, like at work, they all speak different English so that we can understand like clearly and slowly but of course if you talk to a taxi driver or to a farmer they have their slang or even the cork accent oh my god of <sighs> course I think until now I don't understand them maybe I understand two or three words so I have an idea what they talk about and then I just hope it's 
that's what I want to say. I totally um, get that. Yeah, where I live in Freiburg, it's so close to Switzerland that there's the dialect Alemannisch, which is, I, it's not Swiss German, but it, it sort of goes in that direction, you know? And so there's a little bit more of this, lots of... <laughs> And I have no idea what they're sound, saying a lot of the time. It just sounds like they're clearing their throats or something. And, <laughs> and so I have the like same the, struggle where I'm like, okay, I can kind of figure out what you're talking about. But but also sometimes I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet because my roommate is from Switzerland too. And when she Skypes with her parents, I'm like, oh, it's funny. But I understand two, three words and can guess what they talk about. But I also really don't understand. And I agree they do a lot of this... <sighs> Yeah. Sounds so because in the Netherlands they do that as well. This so I, I know what people, you mean. People think that Germans do that, or like Americans do at least. That's kind of their stereotype. But once I started learning the language, I was like, oh no, it's really. I mean, there is a little bit of it, but not so much. I think what they're really thinking of is like this. Yeah, the Swiss or yeah, I would agree. Dutch also has a lot of uh, the harsher sounds. <laughs> so in it's your right. time when you've been in Ireland, do you think that any of like the Irishness has rubbed off on you? Are there any things that you think that are a part of you now that you'll take with you when you travel and beyond? Um, yes, of course. Now um, I I learned to order pints. So pints is basically almost half a liter of beer because in Germany we drink like, a, well, okay, we have also almost the big beers, like almost half a liter, but we have also smaller ones, let's say around 200, 250 milliliters, which I used to order even in the Netherlands. Like one beer, you get, of course, a smaller version. And here you have pints or half pints. But whenever I ordered half pints, the Irish look at me like, are you strange? Oh, my God, you cannot just drink half pints. And I said, <laughs> OK, one pint, please. So I really got used to ordering, like, let's say, half a liter of beer. So I will always order pints now because otherwise I feel like they look at me strange. So that's actually something I take away from here. And of course, I yeah really love the pub culture because even if it's a Monday evening, you know, you go out and you can even go alone in the pub because, you know, people are friendly. They will talk to you. And it's not that people say, oh, you're strange. Why would you go alone in the pub? You're a strange person, as that would maybe someone say in Germany or something, because it's for us, it's not so normal to go out by ourselves. Uh, what I did learn here is that rain is no excuse to not go out. Uh-huh. Uh, the key is to have the correct clothes like um, wellies. And a good rain jacket where the rain can't get through. And then you're good to go because, I mean, you just have to get from your house to the pub and you're already inside. So it's not an excuse when it's raining. And one more funny thing. When I used to work in the Netherlands, I had some people from the UK and from Ireland. And they always drank their black tea with uh, milk and sugar. And I always thought, oh, they're so disgusting. Who puts milk in their uh, tea? And now I'm a big, big fan of it and I do it. And now people look at me strange. So in this way, I became a bit Irish. And of course, driving on the left side, I learned now as well. And oh, for me, it's actually strange to drive on the right side now <laughs> when I'm in Germany. And knowing which way to look when you cross the street is also very important. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And so then sort of the opposite question, I know I've experienced it and I think a lot of others have too, is like when you move away from your your home country, you start to realize just how much you are of that culture, you know? Like, you you live abroad and you think maybe, like, oh, that's because I have such an international spirit. You know, you, mm-hmm. you think you're not so much from your culture. And then as soon as you're away from it, you're like, oh, no, I really am. In what ways has it stood out to you that you are, like, oh, I am very German? I am very German when it comes to rules <laughs> and being <laughs> organized because, I don't know, German have rules for everything, like, even stupid things. Anyway... But here in Ireland, sometimes I wish there were more rules 
because at least like this you can get some order in place because if there's never never like because i think why germans have so many rules is to tell also the people what not to do like kind of i know okay crossing a red light oh my god i'm crossing so many red lights but the weird thing for me is not that i'm crossing a red light because i know that i'm not putting myself in danger or others that's okay i cross when i'm okay to cross yeah but I'm even crossing the red light together with the policemen. They're like standing next to me and we are basically walking together or we are coming from opposite directions. And this still after four years, I couldn't adjust to the fact to go. Sometimes I was just waiting until he passed, but other people just passed. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to try it now as well. And I pass <laughs> and the policeman passes <gasps> and really they just don't care. Oh, my God. In my belly, I have always a really strange feeling. And then when I went home to Germany, I crossed the red light and, oh, five seconds. Excuse me, young lady, you just crossed the red light. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm in the wrong country again. <laughs> and I mean, or putting your gum on the floor, if there's a bin, you know, then people have it on their shoes, like stupid things like this. But, you know, if there is no consequences, people continue doing it. That's okay. But sometimes I wish there are more rules. That also applies for, for paperwork when it comes like to making your taxes and this is a bit messy and no one really understands how it's done. And there I miss sometimes the German structure or I am so German because I want to understand and how is this number happening and where I have to death and what are the exact steps because it's so random, really so random. You have never seen this in your life, how random this is. <laughs> and so in this way, I am still German. Do they also have the, the timeliness culture different in Ireland? Like, and I've, I very much had to learn in Germany, like when they say the party starts at this time, they actually mean it. Whereas I know in America and I think in Ireland too, it's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When I lived in Germany or even I think Netherlands as well, if they say the party starts at 730, I'm probably there 725 <laughs> because, you know, they set the time, they expect people. And for me, of course, would be impolite to not come. At that time, because they are waiting, they prepared everything, they're excited to be with you and you take your time, come one hour, two hours later. But even when I lived in Mexico, my friends came two hours too late because of traffic. <laughs> and in Mexico, I learned a lot of patience. But coming back to Ireland, yeah, it's the same. You know, you say around 30-ish, you put this ish. So it's <laughs> up for your interpretation if you want to come at 8.30 or, you know, 8 or something like that. Even yesterday, my friend's birthday party started at 7.30 and we only went at 8.30. And they don't care. It's okay, you know. And I got so relaxed with it. Even when I'm saying a time now, I don't expect people to be there. Tonight I have my farewell party. We put 6.30 and we already said to each other, no one will be there at 6.30. But it's okay. <laughs> we can chill there together and wait for them. All right. If I made you list your, your top three things that you love about living abroad... And then also your top three things that you hate, or maybe that you don't hate, because obviously if you hated it, you wouldn't do it, dislike. but that you dislike strongly or frustrate you, what would they be? First of all, what I don't like too much is the paperwork, yes. <laughs> but I guess that's in every country. What I dislike, public transport here, because, yeah, it's not so good in Germany. Of course, we are used to really good, big infrastructure. You have trains, you have cheap buses and so on. And the buses come on time. Here you have a schedule. You don't know if the bus is coming. It's harder to get from A to B. That's why almost everyone owns a car, but I didn't have a car. So always I had to take buses or someone had to take me. And uh, at the beginning, this was also making me a bit unhappy because I, I wanted to do my hobbies, you know, like play volleyball in a group, but everything was a bit more far and I had to take like two buses so I would never make it anyway. 
And so I didn't do that in the beginning. That made me really unhappy because it was so unreliable, the transportation. And I took one time in four years, I took one time a train. Really? Here in Ireland. Yeah, because, I don't know, this train that I took, for me, wasn't even a train in my German definition. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think again of something I don't like. Well, at the beginning, of course, it was the weather because it did prevent me at the beginning to go out with friends or do something because... I was a bit more demotivated. And of course, if you have a gray sky all the time, you're a bit more sad as well. I think my first year was not so good, but then it was really good. I mean, also because of global warming, you can feel it a lot in Ireland. I'm here four years. And if I compare all my four years with the summer and winters I had, we even had snow. We had a lockdown. We didn't have to go to work for three days because of the snow. They couldn't remove the snow. They don't have the machines. Wow. Yeah, crazy. And then summer, really hot ones hot i mean <clears throat> for ireland hot because my <laughs> first summer was like 20 degrees 20 in summer and now the last one was 30 or almost 33 wow. so that was really crazy so we had a good summer last year but the first one not so anyway that's why i say weather i dislike but right now i actually like it because it's really great so then what are your top three uh can i say one more thing that i dislike yeah <laughs> uh, okay the houses here to find a good house is really horrible I mean, I can only speak for the city now, Cork, where I live in, because they are not building them really good. So most of the time you have mold everywhere. Oh. And I had to move four times houses because I had everywhere mold and they don't really care. They paint over it, but that doesn't remove it. And, you know, you get a bit sick in your nose as well from this. So then I said, OK, I will pay more and I take a new renovated place. But that's maybe one advice as well. Make sure to check the windows properly and that your bathroom has a window or at least a really good ventilator because the mold always starts either there on the windows or in your bathroom. And oh my God, this was a pain at the beginning. And okay, now the things that I like, of course, the pop culture. Like I said, I like it as music, dance, people are happy and they're not always drunk. Really, they just because people think, oh, Irish are just drunk. All they do is drink, drink, drink. Yes, they do drink, but you know, in a respectful way, I really will miss that. And uh, that goes hand in hand with the friendly people, that they help you, they're interested in your story, you have good conversations, you can even have like deep talk. And ah, yeah, one more thing that I really like is the tax system, because you actually have more money for yourself at the end of the month, because the tax system here works a bit different. Well, we have different bands, like in Germany, you know, you pay the lowest, and when you earn more, you pay a higher tax and so on. But the difference here is, okay, let's say you earn, I don't know, 100,000. I just make a random number because I don't remember 100%. So up to 35,000, let's say, you pay the lowest percentage of tax, let's say 20%. And then only on the difference from 35,000 to 100,000, so 65,000, only on this difference, you would pay the higher rate, let's say 40%, because I don't remember exactly. And like this, you have more money, like netto, at the end of the month for you to spend. So this really I actually like. Interesting. Liked I've never, I didn't, I didn't know that that kind of system existed. But isn't that also why so many of the big companies are there? Is because their corporate tax policies mm-hmm. are also really friendly to the companies. We'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Yeah. No, no, that is uh, true. So I said, oh, if I go back to Germany, even with the same salary, I wouldn't have the same money because they are taxing there in a different way than here in Ireland. So of course, I prefer this tax system here, even though it's sometimes a pain and super random. But it's kind of in my favor yeah. <laughs> and it's actually easy because everything is online. Not Because I I only know from some Germans when they do their tax presentation, 
they have so many pages to fill out and they don't even know and imagine if you're a foreigner, if even Germans don't understand what they have to fill out and hire someone. And here it's so easy. You do online, click, 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 four steps, done. And I appreciate that easy system here because I'm scared when I go back to Germany one day. I uh, will not know what to do, even though I am German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it'll be so painful to pay so much in taxes. I know that's a, yeah. a real shock when I got my first real paycheck and about a third of it was gone. Oh, okay. Oh. Cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I take uh, time with my world trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually the next thing I wanted to ask you about. So you, you put it off for years, but you're finally going to do it. So what does your world trip look like? What do you have planned? Actually, we will start in April. Asia because it's the easiest part to travel you know everyone is going to Southeast Asia and it's cheap you can survive long time with your money that you saved because I'm not having any online job or anything so I will just live from my savings so that's why we chose the cheaper countries first and we actually made a list with all Asian countries then we um, researched some visa to see in which countries we can enter as a tourist either for free or for how long or how much it costs And then we just crossed out the countries that uh, took a bit more effort to get visa or were too expensive. And then we got left with the countries we wanted, made the itinerary, and that's it. After Asia, we want to go also to Australia and New Zealand to get the work and travel visa there to fill up the bank account, because maybe it's empty already then. And with that money to South America. But, you know, everything is so far in the future. It depends also on my mood. Do I want to continue? Do I like it? How is it? Do you know how long you think you want to spend traveling? More than a year for sure, because we are planning on staying at least one month in each country to really experience it. And to make it low budget, we are doing volunteer work with workaway.info, if you know that website. So they give you... How does it work? Yeah, you just sign up. There are people who need help with something, you know, some hostels, but even families, or you can teach English for their families or be like an au pair or make beds in a hostel or really unique ones. We found one in South Korea that we like. They do workshops, so they need help with creating marketing materials, spreading the word or setting up everything like they make pottery glasses and I don't know, any kind of thing. Um, so also one other family, more remote on a farm and they teach you how to make Japanese candy. You sleep on these mattresses and super unique. So you can find unique ones or the more mainstream ones. But it's nice because they give you accommodation for free and food in return for sometimes four hours, sometimes five. It's really different. Sometimes just one or two hours like old ladies. They want that you help them to buy groceries and that's all you do. And this way you really can travel for a long time because your savings are not gone so fast yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're doing but I think slow travel is required because sometimes they want to have you for one two or three weeks that's a really smart idea too because that's uh, yeah I know some people who have done the similar thing they work for a couple years and then they use that money to go travel but you do then have to be really mindful of the budget you know it's not this like luxury trip no indeed yeah that's what I'm also not scared of but that will be a big change for me I said oh my god now I'm I'm almost 30, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, now I have a standard and I have good salary every month and I have a nice house and I do this and that. And then it's like, okay, backpack, I don't know, 10 pieces of clothes, okay, a hostel, 5 euro or 7 euro hostel and everything will be so different again. But I think that's actually good because we need to be reminded of the simple life. You don't need much. Enjoy, you know, traveling can be cheap because sometimes you... Even me, I get lost in it because 
then I have money, then I go travel, then I buy something that I don't need. <laughs> you know how it goes. It's, I'm excited, but it will be different because if I would have done it right after university, of course, I would have been more naive, more reckless maybe. And now I'm more rational in my head. Oh, my God, can I do that? Oh, now I'm more scared maybe of some things <laughs> that I was not scared of when I was younger because, you know, you know how you are when you're younger. And now you think more. You're overthinking as an adult but you're doing it, right? So you're stepping outside yes. of your comfort zone already. And I think that's the biggest challenge, you know? And so what are you doing with your stuff? Are you are you selling it all? Are you putting it in storage? I sold everything. And actually, I came here with two suitcases and I'm leaving with one. Wow. So I'm proud of me. But the cool thing is in Ireland, they have a lot of charity shops. So it's not even going to waste. You just give to the charity shops and people even buy it again. And how do you think that your experience is going to be different as a traveler versus an expat? Well, I think the main difference is that you're not having a home base because you travel from place to place. And of course, when you travel, you won't have like a routine. So uh, now I'm going to sport. Now I'm doing that. I go, I don't know, six hours to work. So there won't be a routine. Every day will be so different. And of course, you won't do so much your hobbies. So let's say I was here in a volleyball club. Of course, I will not do that in my travels or meet my friends regularly because I will meet new people. But also in my case now that I um, will not have so much money because I'm not having a regular income anymore. So I'm on a low budget now and less security in this sense as well. But yeah, I mean, I will be rewarded with a lot of new impressions, experiences, bigger network, because for me, network is important. And I don't know, I just love people. I think I take all my energy from people. And I love to have a big international friend circle. Yeah, that's what everyone says when they go traveling is you end up meeting all these people and you're, you're never really alone. You're always with these other people that you meet from all over. And I think that's a really special thing because I, I think about that. I have a friend who's actually traveling Southeast Asia right now that made, you made me think uh. of her. And I think she is experiencing like getting to know, meet and experience some local um, people and local cultures. But also at the same time, she seems to be having a lot like she's learning a lot about she's traveling with someone who is from Israel and then gets to like learn more about their culture. And then she was traveling with someone from, I don't remember somewhere in Western Europe. And yeah, just, I think that's an in interesting aspect that I didn't think about. Like when you're traveling, you're not just experiencing where you are. You're also experiencing and, and learning about whoever you're with and where they're from, which for you and is if, probably going to be running into a lot of Germans because Germans <laughs> just are everywhere. Yeah, that's horrible. I know. I noticed this everywhere I've been. Oh, there's Germans everywhere, but that's okay. <laughs> I accept them. They're, they're not that bad. I like them. <laughs> not that bad. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think it's all about finding inspiration. And you can also find inspiration in your own people. Because it depends on their mindset. Have they been abroad? Do they inspire you? Do they have cool ideas? Share stuff. Because I'm looking for inspiration now on that trip. What to do afterwards? Do I want my own business? Do I go back to corporate world? I don't know. But I hope I will find the answer in the trip. And after spending most of your 20s, abroad have you ever had a moment where you really want it to be back in your home country and in, in germany yeah i do i have uh, some home sickness i guess they call it <laughs> every now and then i think mostly around public holidays but also sometimes i think the beginning is always hard no matter in which country even if you speak the language because processes are different you have to figure it out yourself your mother can't help because she didn't live in ireland you know <laughs> But then the homesickness gets less. The more you routine you have, the more positive people you have around you and the more you are happy with yourself in that country you are living in. For example, coming back to Ireland, oh, the first times here I had to go to doctors or even now, I think that's a really horrible 
system. And of course, that makes me appreciate my home country. But it's actually funny because, you know, Germans tend to complain a lot, including myself. <laughs> and it's good when you get out of your home country where you are so spoiled and you got everything from the moment you are born. So for you, it's so normal. And then if you experience the other way, at least it makes you appreciate your home country and stop complaining about stuff. Because, I mean, the health system is so good in Germany. Ah, here you go to the normal doctor who's apparently a specialist for everything. Eh? And all they do is give you antibiotics. Whatever you say, the answer is antibiotics. And this already made me crazy. Then you pay for every visit you go, which, I mean, for people who are not sick that often, it's nice. They save money. But for people who are sick a lot, mm, can be very expensive. And to get to a specialist, yeah, you need to at least go five, six times to the normal doctor, cry, complain until they actually forward you there. And then you need to wait around three to six months, sometimes one year for an appointment. Oh, my Jeez. God. By then I died. Come on. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the other side of having the higher taxes in Germany is that supports so many of these social systems that sometimes just run in the background and you might not even think about as if you grew up with it, you know? So I've noticed that with a lot of German friends and colleagues where they'll be really upset about paying all these taxes or on the other hand, they'll be really upset about, yeah, our maternity leave system is so terrible, blah, blah, blah. And as an outsider, I have a totally different perspective on it. And I come from probably a, cult a culture more similar to Ireland in that we don't support a lot of these things socially yeah. or it's not a strong support. But for that, we get to keep more of our money, like you said. You know, the yeah. taxes are, are lower and you get more at the end of the month, which as a young, healthy person is great. But <laughs> as soon as something goes wrong, you know, I'd rather have it go wrong in a place where I, I'm not going to have to pay for it privately. <laughs> and it's yeah, just you can argue it both ways. It yeah. depends on your personal situation. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll be really excited to um, follow along with your travels and see and see how it is and see if you get, you know, if the lack of the routines is great for you or if it makes you homesick more or, you know, all of these interesting questions. Even if it's a hard time, you're going to be able to learn so much through it. So, you know, congrats to you for actually for, for doing it, because I know it can be so easy to just keep kicking the can down the road. We say, you know, oh, next year, next year. So congrats, yeah. you're doing it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home and do our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions and you're going to answer them without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you okay. ready? We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> what is the very best Irish beer? For me, it was Chieftain. It's a pale ale. You mentioned that you like traveling on a budget, but what is one thing that you like to splurge on? I like to spoil myself with flights or uh, spontaneous um, weekend getaways. So whenever I see a cheap flight or even a more expensive one with Ryanair, I like to jump on it right away because traveling makes me happy. So I like to spend my money on it, even if it's more. And finally, through all the, the countries you visited and, and lived in, where is your favorite grocery store? That's actually funny. I have to say I stay loyal with German brands. Mm, it's hard. It's between Aldi and Lidl because um, here in Ireland we have like Tesco and other ones, but they are so much more expensive. And I always bought an Aldi and Lidl because at least the prices are affordable. Yes, they're my. They have my full heart too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I hope that if there are some experts out there who are listening to that, who are in Ireland now, 
can relate to some of the things I said and that you will have a great time in Ireland or people who are thinking to move to Ireland that you got some ideas now and always feel free to ask more questions. Yeah, and can you mention where people can find you? I have a blog, sixmilesaway.com and actually I'm also on Instagram, always the same name. On YouTube, I started now, make some videos. Great, and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Well, have safe and happy and fun travels. (laughs) Thank you so much. Same for you. Enjoy Germany. Yeah, thank you. Eat a lot of Bratwurst. The world trip is now underway and we can all follow along and see what she's up to, see how it's going on her Instagram at six miles away. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. That is the simplest and most powerful thing that you can do to help this little show out. The second best thing you could do for the show would be to share it with a friend. So if you know someone who has similar interests to Sixtina, who might be inspired by her story, please share it because as I think we all know, travel and expat experiences tend to happen in a snowball. You know someone who did it and it worked for them and you start to think, hey, maybe it could work for me. So maybe this episode with Sixtina's story is just what a friend of yours needs to get that little kick in the butt. Thank you as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Amy Lunky Art for the logo. Thanks to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, we will be back in your feeds with the episode that brought the phrase macaroon moments into my life. And honestly, it is one of my new favorite phrases, so I can't wait to share it with you guys. <laughs> Until then, have a great week.